Great. Really good to be together. Really nice to be with you all. Uh, it's nice that there are some people around the room that I don't know yet. Um, and we've got people visiting the Hardings back from uh, Global Travels and Sandhurst currently. And I saw Gaia. We've got to get our Italian going on. Nice to see her here as well. Um, so welcome to everyone. It's great, really special to be together as church like this, to worship Jesus together. And this is exciting hearing from Christy. Um, so Christy, I'm just going to give a little intro and then you can fill in any gaps, Christy. But um, but uh, you'll you'll hear you'll hear we'll hear from Christy, and we're wanting to get into celebrate recovery and what that is. Um, and I think in about 2009 2010, Christy went up to Derby to a conference with with Ben and Joe about celebrate recovery, this this Christ based uh, recovery program that he heard of. And then in 2017, um, together with Andy and Sophie Hunter, who are now here back from Hong Kong. Um, Christy started Celebrate Recovery happening as a weekly, uh, a weekly program here at Hope Chapel. And he's run it every week since then, probably with only like one or two gaps, probably in that whole five year once. Only once, one Monday off. Can you imagine that? Uh, that's phenomenal, isn't it? In those five years. And did it right the way through COVID. And, um, and actually Christy was awarded a Lord Mayor's Medal from the, the Lord Mayor of Bristol for his... Yeah. Uh, for his service to the city uh, through COVID, where he pivoted to putting Celebrate Recovery on Zoom, learned how to do all of that, and has, has led it right the way through, and uh, touched and helped the lives of many, many people. And uh, I go to Celebrate Recovery every so often, and for me, it's an amazing place and, and people to be amongst. We've been talking about humility and about Nebuchadnezzar really kind of hitting his rock bottom uh, today, and that was the place where he met God. And, and, and so, um, celebrate recovery is, I think it just equips people with the tools to actually follow Jesus, which is the, it's a, it's a, it's a humble way of life. And um, so I'm going to give you this microphone, Chris. It sounds a bit better, better than this one. I'm going to have this one. We want to get all the, the sort of scale subtleties and the, and the, and the, and the Christy laugh coming through nice and clear. So you have the nice microphone. And you have to, it's a bit like an ice cream. Don't look at it. It's quite like rest it on your chin. And um, so, Chris, start off. Tell us, tell us a little bit about about why you're passionate about Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, I'm very passionate about Celebrate Recovery because I was in the, in the rooms from the Twelve Steps, um, and um, I found out about through Ben and Joe when we went to Derby, as you said. I found out about the eight principles of Matthew five in the Beatitudes, the eight principles when we see this small video they correspond with the 12 steps there's a lot of 12 steps around there's all na's ga's aa's and they're all they're all amazing they can get you so far but with the principles you know there's no, there's no ending from um, where, where it can take you and everybody's in recovery um you know like what rick warren said um when I went to California to their CRs, they have about 800 in their meetings. And he said, there's only two types of people in the world. He said, people in recovery and people that need recovery. And, and I believe that we're all in recovery from something. Some of it's life threatening. Some of it's just food or TVs or whatever. Um, and although I speak to third year student doctors on substance abuse, 
the reason I say that as well, because last Monday there was 12 people in here and there's 25 lessons to the program. So after I've done the main lesson, it's gender specific. The women will go in their group and the men will probably end up in the prayer room because the ladies are all like sitting on the city. Now, I was the only one out of everybody that was in there for substance abuse or alcohol abuse. The rest of them was in there for in recovery for everything else, whatever that may be, you know. And we only keep um, our anonymity because if some people are in work or they're not going to the last thing that people need to know about you is that you're in recovery. So, you know, because um, some people work in different office blocks in town and they don't know, they don't want other people to know, but we don't do any shame or guilt in here. There's all different, um, they've learned me a lot over the years of different, I've learned one big thing since I've run CR, all the gambling and all the different addictions I've realized they are only symptoms of the illness, if that makes sense. The real problem is, you know, there's a lot of emotional pain in the world and we're all going to suffer. Nobody's getting out alive, you know, and um, everybody loses people through their life. Everyone grieves, everyone's in trouble. There's nobody that's perfect, as we know. So, you know, when people come in and go, oh, Christy, I've got a bad addiction, you know, on gambling, I said, well, why you keep blaming the booking shops? You're not looking at you. So we look at you on the program. We don't blame, flame blame anything. And we never call anyone in denial because, you know, a lot of people, when, you know, have learned my experience over the years. You don't say, oh, you're in denial. You're a liar. We don't do that. We know we, we let them see how They've been diverted onto something else, whether it's online shopping, whether it's da 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 da. You know, I won't mention a lot of stuff that people are in recovery for because, you know, it's confidentiality and it's a very safe place, CR. We don't do any shame or guilt and, and people get well. And the reason why we have such a good laugh is because when people look back and realize their denial and how they were, it is quite funny because I've done that myself. And it's like your original feelings are coming back to surface again. You think, my God, you know, I was like that. And I did this, that, and the other. And you, and you do laugh at yourself. You've got to. So we're all in here laughing our heads off because we're all, you know, completely mad. But that's fine. You know what I mean? And um, and we help each other. We can identify with each other's. And we realize that, you know, the symptom of... of any addiction is the we heal together and obviously through the eight principles and it's a Jesus based Bible praise program but there's 25 lessons in there and 12 steps it would be impossible for me to even go into the trenches and try and explain how it runs but I just googled it this morning and there's 35,000 churches around the world that are running CR and that is amazing isn't it so and we have our own Bibles. Look, it's sealed up, this one. It's called Celebrate Recovery. So it's not a fly-by-night thing, you know, fix, quick fix, fix me quickly, and I want them to go, you know. It's a slow process. And I'll finish on this, and then I'll let Chris play that. And the reason why, um, you know, rehabs around the world, because I've been around the world, and I've been in different rehabs, 
what I notice in there, like the Sigmund Freuds and all the psychiatry people, they can work on cognitive behavioral therapy. They can work on your brain. And you eat well in them places, funny enough. And, you know, you start putting weight on and everything. But what they're missing, because every addiction is spiritual, mentally, and physically. It's a three-way illness. But the rehabs don't work so much on the spiritual downside of you. So that's why the eight principles are involved in this program, because, um, you know, when Jesus left us all and went back to wherever, he said, I'll send the counselor back to you all, the Holy Spirit. So that's what you need to, you, you need to work on the spiritual side of your addiction as well, or your emotional pain. And then if you can get the three of them right, then you start getting in an alignment with the, your Creator or Lord or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. And it, it, the Holy Spirit prompts you to become honest because when I was in rehab, I was probably the most dysfunctional person you'd ever want to meet, right? With hospitals, prisons, and whatever. But today, I'd li- I'm proudly like to say I'm probably one of the most honest men in Bristol. I mean, I, I, I like to say that because, you know, um, the spirit of the Lord guides me, you know, and that's a fact. Um, so when you see, we watch this little video on a Monday night, and um, the lady and the men in the church, you'll see how the, um, the eight principles are corresponding with the 12 steps. So when you see the video, they'll say, step one, you know, um, admit that I'm powerless over my addictions and, you know, and then... Let's do that now. Should we yeah. And then the, the biblical one will correspond with it. Do you get what I mean? Because if you don't know, you don't know, but you'll know now. Because I can't go... I can go through it a lot, but it takes too long. Great. So what we're trying to do is give a couple of things, a, a flavor of what Celebrate Recovery is. And so through Christy, and we're going to be looking at a couple of the principles today um, so, so that we're kind of aware of what Celebrate Recovery is. And also, it's, it's going to be helping us, what Christy's bringing, what he's teaching today, that we can live as part of our Christian life anyway. So this little video is a little summary um, or an introduction to CR. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviours, that our lives had become unmanageable. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Romans 7.18 Step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. For it is God who is at work in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Philippians 2.13 Step 3. We made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Romans 12, verse 1. Step 4. We made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Lamentations 3.40 Step 5. We admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Therefore, confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. James 5.60 Step 6. We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 
Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. James 4, 10. Step 7. We humbly asked him to remove all our shortcomings. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Step 8. We made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Luke 6, 31. Step 9. We made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Matthew 5, verses 23 and 24. Step 10. We continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Step 11. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and power to carry that out. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16 Step 12. Having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Galatians 6.1 So I just uh, wanted to, I want to ask Christy about a couple of these principles, and we're just going to dive into a couple of them now. So Christy, just to start with, can you tell us a bit about principle one? So that's that we are, we're powerless, and, um, and the verse that goes with that from the Beatitudes is, blessed are the poor in spirit. Can you just, um, what's so good about Christy, it's because he's lived this for so long, it oozes out of his pores, you know? And so Christy, let's just tell us, just... Share a few thoughts about powerlessness and what that principle one means. Um, Yeah, step one, we were powerless over our compulsions. And and the principle to that is obviously um, realize that I'm not God. Thank God for that. Um, So in step one is mainly all the biblical stuff, especially a lot of the stuff that Chris just spoke about. When you are powerless, it's like the Luke 15 lad. You know, when he wanted all his inheritance money, didn't he? And he ran away and he spent it all on whatever he spent it on. I wasn't there, but he seemed like he had a good time. And then um, when it all ran out and um, he, he stopped... What he thought the money would buy him eventually run out. He was more, um, he got spiritually poor in the end. And then he was living in the pigsty and eating food and da 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 And then the, Jesus was let, letting the story know that it was mainly on the, on the father accepting the son home, really. And Jesus was trying to tell us all, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. And I couldn't work that out. But as the years went on, it clicked what what he was talking about. He was talking about when you're at the end of your self-will, 
when and you know and, and you're poor in spirit you're blessed i mean work that out but if you knew what he meant then you get it if that makes sense you know um and that is when i look back into the rehab i was in i, I was poor in spirit but i didn't know i was blessed but what the lord was telling me at that time is that you know You've run out of options now, Christy. You've tried everything yourself and nothing's working anymore. See, you know, at the end of my using, I was taking drugs to feel better. See, I was an addict and I didn't know I was an addict. I was the last person to know in the rehab that I was an addict because people get addicts mixed up with problematic, problematic drug users. We're, we're, addicts are nothing like them, you know, um, you know, when you're really ill, it's like having 10 pneumonias at once and you take your bit of medication, whatever that may be, whatever you're addicted to, especially morphine, and you just start to feel okay. You know, you don't go around town drunk and out your head kicking things and screaming and shouting. They, you know, an addict, once you pass the line of into the addiction side of your life, I was addicted in the end and I didn't know that you know because I was a strong man when I was a kid I was a bricklayer I was a big strong man and I thought nothing can bring me to my knees like that well the drugs did when I booked in I was nine and a half stone um, and I was on death's doorstep but I still still thought I knew everything you know I was a streetwise kid I thought I knew everything and I realized I didn't know anything my mate I went to his funeral um, David Mach he said, look, Christy, he said, your best thinking brought you here. He said, so now it's time to rethink. He said, don't you think so? And um, and that was why I started on the 12-step program in, in the rehabs there, you know. And whilst I'm on that, on the 5th of November, I am 18 years clean from substances. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm 18 years clean. I, and I'm just so glad I've... You know, Ben, I won't mention his profession and all that through whatever reasons, but he's watching from Liverpool today. They've gone down there for the baptism. So hi, Ben and Joe. They brought me to Derby and then it took seven years to launch CR after they'd taken me. But you know, they took about God's time and my time and you know that, I mean, so that, that is a bit of a joke. You know what I mean? Waiting seven years. So, but I saying that, you know, for when you're connected to your creator through the spiritual connection, you do realize that your timing and his timing are two completely different things, you know, especially if you're an addict. You want everything yesterday or now and blah, 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 blah. And it's a poison, you know, um, being an addict. So that's why we work through the defects of character on us because there's nothing wrong with drugs. Drugs will save your life if you're dying. You know, there's loads of drugs that will help you. But when a dysfunctional addict like me comes along and picks up them drugs, my immunity system, it goes into the sky. A one, one's too many and a thousand never enough for me. Because when I picked, originally picked up drugs, it was emotional pain, whatever, you know, when I was a kid and, and it grew on me, and it takes you away from now. That's how I know, you know, a lot of people are emotionally in pain. And it is a, a sidestep. But So we work on the person. We don't work on drugs here or self-harm or whatever the, whatever the 
your source is, you know, it doesn't matter in this church what source there is because that's just a symptom of the illness. We go deep in, in, in here. And as you see up there, the churches have got the cross. Churches around the world are like hospitals. Celebrate Recovery is the intensive care uni. This is where we go deep down into deep sea diving. And then, we'll, we'll, you know, with, with the scriptures and that, all I do is facilitate it. I don't know who it's going to help that day on Monday night. I ain't got a clue. I'm not God, and that's fine. But someone will um, will resonate with a certain scripture that comes out and change their lives. I won't even know that. But, it, you know, it, it works. Provenly it works, you know. Thanks, Christy. So that's a little flavor of principle one. And really good to hear your story of powerlessness. And it's kind of a, like with Nebuchadnezzar, that we can relate, can't we? It, it feels it feels counterintuitive. It feels like foolishness to, to kind of admit that we're powerless. To powerless. But, but actually, it's, it's the gateway to freedom, isn't it? And that's the, that's the way that we meet God. Let's have a little look at principle four. So principle four is openly examine and confess my faults to myself and to, some, and to God and to someone else I trust. Blessed are the pure in heart. And that's so that in the video they quoted James chapter 5 where it, where it says, confess your sins to someone else and pray, for the, pray that you'll be healed. And so I think, you know, you, you've got a Catholic background of like going to, see the, going to confess your sins to the priest. And that's, this is the roots of it, hey? This is the roots of the Catholic confessional is the teaching in James and recognizing that we need it to get free. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the confession box is now in Liverpool. If you go in there to confess, he says, I already know, I've seen it on Facebook, but that's what you say. <laughs> but step four is about confession. But you confess to your sponsor, if that makes sense. So we have two things in Celebrate Recovery. We have people that's called accountability partners. Now, that could be anybody that's like Paul in here or Bill or, or Silas or somebody knows the Bible because you can take one of the principles to anybody and say, what do you think on this? They might have a different perspective on a certain scripture, but you can learn from in the, every individual. I've learned that over the years. You know, blessed than the poor in spirit may be different for somebody else's is, is eyesight. And that's fine because the Lord gives us all different roads to walk anyway. But we all come back to the one Bible, the one truth. I am the truth, the way, and the life. That's what he said, you know. And, yeah, you do confess your sins. Because as I said, get back to this confession of your sins. and da, 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 Because you're reprogramming yourself on these 25 lessons and 12 steps. Because, as I keep saying, you can't keep blame, flame, blaming the... TV, shopping addict, or whatever, whatever your poison is, we call it. When you work on yourself and you confess your sins to somebody else, you know, the Lord will be involved with that. So we have a saying in CR, we're only as sick as our secrets. So when you get it out there, it's dissolved, it's out the way, you know. It is no longer that big bogeyman when you're open the wardrobe, it's just a little man in the corner, you know. So, you know, and we ask for honesty in CR as well, because honesty will set you free. It says in the Bible anyway, the truth will set you free. You know, I'm not here to do all the scriptures, because there's 66 books in there, and, and I wouldn't even know. What the Lord's brought me to is the stuff that I need to know. I don't need to know the rest of it. There's a lot of it's jubbly-bubbly anyway, the Old Testament, so 
I, I'm not even going to go there with all that law. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's good to confess your sins because they've, they've no longer got a hold of you. And that's where the saying comes from. You're only as sick as your secrets. And Jesus, if you come in on a Monday night or whatever, you know, Jesus is not going to fall off the chair and go, oh my God, I didn't know you was like whatever. You know what I mean? Heard it all before, twice over. So, and that helps people because we heal together. You can't heal alone because otherwise it's just in your own head. And that's a dark place to be in an addict's head, let me tell you. You know, so when you're amongst people that are going through a similar recovery, we're all in recovery as well, don't forget. It could be a broken toenail or it could be heroin or whatever. But we're all in recovery from something. I can really relate to that. Um confession breaking breaking patterns you talked about the kind of a rewiring yeah. so for me I used to have a real problem with lying I'd con- I would make stuff up and just lie compulsively and it was and the Holy Spirit put his finger on it was like you've got to tell this person you've just lied to them and I, had, I couldn't get away with it and I just had to keep on confessing it and that broke it for me <laughs> the embarrassment partly but it's this it's a rewiring isn't it I've got some of these um, got some of these uh, printed out some of these sheets here these inventory sheets tell us about these yeah I'll go and pass them around you talk about it <laughs> yeah, the inventory sheet. Let me put my glasses on. In that lovely age, the inventory sheets are on two sections. This is our. It's one of our. It's our lesson ten. So we, out of the twenty-five lessons, we do a lesson every Monday night. We might break it up with a testimonium, and then and then we'll continue. But the lesson ten, and. Um, step four is it's more like it's a bit like Sherlock Holmes interview. Sorry, I haven't got enough. If you want them, they're on this chair here. You can fight so them. you, you know, step that, yeah, you and So it's 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 five columns you go through, right? And it is the first column is the person, the course is what specific action or of or event that hurt me. The third column is the effect. What effect did that action have on my life? The fourth column is the damage. What damage did the action have on my basic social security or on my sexual instincts, relations, self-esteem, ambitions? And then the fifth column that everyone tries to avoid is my part in it all, right? Well, that's what gets you well. Because when you look back over the five columns, you... It's like you've been interviewed by Christ. You see all your defects of character, your shortcomings and everything else because these are all the stuff that makes us pick up addictions. It's not the drugs or the, or the addiction. It's the, the wiring of your brain. So after, and then you do a good thing from a person and then you do something that makes you dysfunctional. And it's nice to go over it because when you look back, you can say, oh, hold on a minute, when I did this, this happened. When I done that, that happened, you know, and so on and so on. And you learn by it. It's, it's professionally put together, you know. And um, it's not a psychological thing. It's John Baker and Rick Warren, the two boys, have put that from the Bible and put it together. And um, you can recognize your, your defects of character. That's why we have these things through the um and then hopefully you can um, rectify how you 
operate in your brain, if that makes sense. Because if you don't know if you're doing wrong, you don't know you're doing wrong. I mean, I'm not a great believer in these people. I say, oh, it was an honest mistake. You know, I don't, I'm not into all that. You know, it's either a mistake or it's not a mistake. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thanks, Christy. So there's a, there's a couple of little flavors of principle one and principle four. And, I, and hopefully from what we've heard from Christy so far, we've got time for two questions. But hopefully from what we've heard, you can see that this is a really practical um, lifestyle. And what's so great is it just help, it takes the teachings of Jesus and it puts it into some practical things that we'll do uh, together with other people. And it, and it works. That's what's so rich about this. I have anyone got any questions? We're going to finish in a minute and we're going to pray together the serenity prayer, which is a prayer that is, is prayed as part of Celebrate Recovery. But I just, just also thought, anyone got any, any questions? Yeah, Dave. Yeah. I'll just repeat that for people here on the live stream and audio. So Dave was saying, uh, Christy was talking at the beginning about laughing at yourself and uh, the kind of freedom that comes from that. And is there a kind of spiritual hook? Is there a part of the Bible that says that let's laugh at ourselves and our brokenness? Yeah, well, I'll answer that. When you have gone through the um, step work, you become... Um, you get a healthy brain and a healthy thinking about you and um, you become honest and all that. And then it's not so much as you're taking the mickey out yourself. It's you are educated enough through the work of these, this program that you can have a giggle at yourself because being in being an active, addict, active addiction is not, you're not like a professor reading out law, are you? You know, you're dysfunctional. So when you get well and you move on, it's lovely to laugh at yourself how you was. Not laugh at yourself the here and now, but laugh at yourself how, where you were dysfunctional. And it's healthy to do that because you have to know the difference between insanity and sanity or functional or dysfunctional. You know, there's opposites and left and it's up to you. So when you're well enough, I mean, I can laugh at myself. I roll around the floor here on a Monday night, which is great. You know, someone has to wake me up and get me up here. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm all right with that. But, you know, and I'm still in a, I'm even 18 years down the line, I'm still a work in process. I'm not, I'm, God hasn't finished with me just yet. You know, you know, I'm still getting put in the refinements and in, 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 the, in the refinement, as he said, and like a gold block, you know, burning, you know, Burning the defects off, you know what I mean? Cool. Thanks, um, One more question? Yeah, Georgie. So that question was, Christy, yeah. do you find people sponsors, or do people here in the group find their own? We're not that good. No, joke. Um, you learn someone talking, because it's gender-pacific, the women, after I've done the main lesson, the women will go in their group and then men will go in their group. 
you lure somebody on your women's group chatting and you think, ooh, I like what she's just said. I wonder whether she could be my sponsor. Um, and that is because you don't hang your, all your dirty washing out for everybody to see, but you use your sponsor for that. Or you, you can have loads of accountability partners. But one thing I've learned with the sponsor thing, the group will become your accountability partner and you can share your stuff with them. And what I do with the boys when they first come in as well, I'll always be a temporary sponsor for them. That mean, might mean a three o'clock in the morning call. I'm in the pub, Christy, I'm about to drink. You know, because I always tell them, I'm not going to tell you not to, but just ring me first. There's an old saying, before you pick up, pick up the phone, ring me. So I'll always sponsor them, and like women will, until you can get another sponsor. It's like a temporary sponsor. You can do the first three steps yourself, you know, but then when you come to your fourth step, where you're doing your personal inventory, you need a power, you need a sponsor then. But everybody will help you. You're not, nobody's on our own on a Monday night here. We all help each other, if that makes sense. So you'll be fine. Thanks, Christy. Yeah. We need to finish here. Um, yeah. we'll, in a minute, we're going to pray this prayer together. Um, uh, but, but, oh, yeah. and, and obviously you can um, ask Christy questions anytime. He's always happy to talk. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I just thought I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you, Christy, uh, on behalf of us, on behalf of Hope, because the way you've run Celebrate Recovery, it's, it's such a, a jewel in the church. And yeah, we yeah. so appreciate your faithfulness, your hard work. And it's, uh, yeah, just, I'm just really proud that, you know, that you're doing this and really grateful. Yeah. I just want to, can we give Christy a clap? Thank you. Why don't we finish by standing and we can say this prayer together. Um, this is the apologies, prayer we apolo- finish on. Apologies on, on for this plastic recovery. sheet. It's coming down in a week on Monday. So you were to see the top of the projected words. But <laughs> Sorry, Christy, say that again. Do you want to lead us? Yeah, and at the end of our session in the nighttime, we'll say this um, serenity prayer. It's the longest version. But, but Claire, as, oh, a, yeah, okay, let's say, say, the, say the serenity prayer. So we always say, who is in charge? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taken as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonable happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Go in peace.